Well, good morning, everybody. I don't know how that, y'all uplifted and glad you're here at church now today. Just, just wanted to have some peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But, but I'm telling you, man, I don't know about you guys, but um, I try every day to, to look at Fox News and I try every day to look at CNN and, and I see this every day, right? Isn't this what you see? See, we see this every day and it is pretty amazing to me the language that gets spewed the attitudes that we have towards each other, the actual actions that take place, even leading to violence. I, I was interested, I don't know about you guys, to, to get on this morning and find out what happened in Portland yesterday because <laughs> everybody was waiting to see when the left-wing activists and the right-wing activists are just ready. And, and apparently only 13 were arrested and six injured. And, that, and that's a good report <laughs> in Portland yesterday. And then I, I glance down, you know, I just see, I didn't read this, but again, there's tens of thousands of protesters happening in Hong Kong. We just live in a world that is so in opposition to each other, that has so much anger towards each other, that it feels like they're right and the other person's wrong and we end up hating one another. And, 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 but the truth is, it's not just out there. It's not just out there. If you're human, and you've rubbed shoulders with another human being, if you've tried to live in community at all, this is happening to you too. There's hatred, there's cursing. You go mistreatment, there's pain and suffering that causes anger to rise up, and then there's division. And whether it's a stalemate in our government, or whether it's a stalemate in your home, right now, or whether it's a stalemate, an extended family, or in your business. What we want to look at today is, uh, what do we do? What do we do? Because sometimes when you're in a personal stalemate like that with another person, it feels impossible. It feels like nothing can change. And we look at our government, and it feels like, is anything ever going to change? The image that, I don't know why, but this is the image that came to me when I thought about the situation um, that our world is in and maybe that you're in today, is uh, many of you hike, right? We all hike. We're living in Utah. We're up in the mountains all the time. And every once in a while, if you've hiked much at all, at some point you were walking along and you saw something like this, right? How many of you have seen a flower coming out of a rock, <laughs> And I don't know what you do, but every time I see that, I go, what in the world? <laughs> like, if you guys came to my house right now, I water my stuff every day, and I should have taken a picture of it, because it's just dead. <laughs> and I'm doing everything I can to try to make it grow. And then you walk around, and out of a rock is a flower. And then I found this picture. This is an even more interesting to me, because... Now, this is an actual, you can tell, this is like a downtown. This is a concrete area. This is where everybody's walking all over the place, and somehow a flower was able to come out of the concrete. And when I thought about this, I think sometimes the hard-heartedness that we see all around us and that we see in our news that maybe is you or the people around you. And how cool would it be if somebody could rise up out of the hatred 
and out of the anger and out of the cursing and bring something beautiful. What if that could happen? And then it was so funny. I look at the headline today and it says, Joe Biden heaps praise on GOP during Massachusetts fundraiser. Okay, that didn't get any reaction at all. I was, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not proclaiming for anybody, but I just thought, I never say anything. And then there was one statement where a Democrat, and he actually said in the thing, he goes, I get in trouble with the Democrats by saying this. Isn't that interesting? When one person maybe tries one time to step out of the concrete and out of the hard-heartedness, everybody else is like, you can't do that. Well, how beautiful this morning to me to start off with Frank Morrison. What, isn't that an amazing story? I mean, it's just an amazing story. And it is a great story of redemption that Frank spent time in detention centers and then went to the county jail and then eventually ended up in prison. And then he meets Jesus in the concrete of a prison and a flower sprouts out. And now he goes into the concrete and he brings something different. David Shaz sitting right over here as well, ministering to our people who come here in the recovery centers and just... There's something beautiful what happens in Honduras. I am really glad that we're a church that's trying to say, let's not just sit in here and worship God. Let's go out there and worship God. So here's what I want to tell you. What Frank's doing, what David does, what our team in Honduras did is they showed mercy. They showed mercy. And that's what we're going to talk about today, radical mercy. And here's why, because mercy can change the world. Mercy can change the world. And not just the world, it can change your world. And so here's what I want you to do right now. If you have your notes, if you, if you actually grabbed your program, would you pull that out? Grab your pen here real quick. Um, if you're not using the, the paper that we give, you pull out your app. We, we are, the K2 app has all of my notes and all the scripture in there. Um, and if you don't have either of those things, then just Think deeply, okay? Here's what I want you to do. Before I dive into this, I want you to think of someone who opposes you. Who's someone right now that is against you? Let's go a little bit harder. Maybe it's somebody who actually you know right now hates you. For whatever reason, whether you deserve it or not. Think about someone who hates you. Think about somebody, if that doesn't work, that's cursed you, which basically when you curse someone, it means you, you shoot them down. You, 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 you just, you speak horrible things about them. You want to cut them down. Who is it that's cursed you and has wounded you deeply in your heart or mistreated you or accused you of things? Okay, if you're human, <laughs> my guess is you probably have someone in mind. Because yes. this message is for you, from God, for that person. And mercy can change your world. Okay, so let's pray and ask God to minister to you. Oh, you ask God right now to give you mercy for this person that came to your mind, all right? So Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are holy and you are so different than us and we can't wait to look at you today 
and to see what you have to say about this world that we live in. And I just pray now, God, for your blessing on your word. I would ask you, because you're here in this place, for mercy and grace to help us. Because God, with this topic, we need your help. But I know, Jesus, that's why you came. You are so ready this morning to rock our world with mercy. So come and do that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Jesus, I think, surprisingly has something to say about this. And that's what we're going to look at. We're in Luke chapter 6. If you have your Bibles or on your app or whatever, open that up. Luke chapter 6. And Jesus is doing this amazing teaching here. And again, just remember, when Jesus was on the wor- in the world, walking this planet, the Roman Empire was actually in control. <laughs> and there was a lot of hatred. There was a lot of division. There was a lot of anger. There was unbelievable mistreatment happening in this culture at this time. So he's talking to people who know what it is to have news stories like we just watched. And even, to be honest with you, worse. So here we go, Luke chapter six. Jesus says to them, to you who are listening. Okay, so there you go. So first thing you gotta do is listen. And here's your chance, if you wanna listen today. He goes, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. And this is what, I'm gonna be honest with you, this one gets kind of crazy to me. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them and give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Now, about three months ago, I read this, I was just in Luke in my own time, and I'm reading this, and I'm just going, what in the world? Anybody else? I mean, this is just stupid, some of this, like, that when someone takes my stuff, I'm just supposed to let them have it? I mean, this is just crazy talk. So that's the first thing we need to talk about. What in the world? What does God say can actually change the world? (laughs) And apparently it's this. So, hostile, that person, or actively opposed towards you, love them, hate you, do good to them, all this stuff. Now, let me just say something really quick. What does this not mean? This is really important. What this doesn't mean is it can't mean that Jesus doesn't care about justice. (laughs) Okay, it doesn't mean that when there's injustice in the world and you are being treated unfairly, that Jesus is just like, just don't stand up for that. Just take it. It can't mean that because he, all through scripture, God is so strong about standing up for justice. That's what we are supposed to do. And so it's not wrong, actually, to protect yourself or others from abuse. Now, in this statement, Jesus said this, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to, t- turn to them the other also. So here's, here's what I know. If somebody wanted to take me out, like I, I by the way, I, I've never actually been in a fight. It's a kind of embarrassing as a guy to say that. Um, 
but I've never actually gotten a real all-out thing. But I, I just tell you, if somebody did want to take me out, I don't think they're going to slap me on the face. I think if somebody really wanted to hurt me, right, they're going for my throat. In fact, I, I actually did learn from my mom, though. She was great. My mom grew up as a farmer uh, girl with, with four brothers, and I, I wish I could tell you the stories of my uncles. They were known throughout the county for their fighting. People feared them. Even cops feared my uncles. So my mom grew up with that, and she taught me. She said, David, if you ever get a confrontation with that, the first thing you do is you pop them in the nose because it hurts so bad, and they'll go, oh, and then you knee them right in the groin because then they'll go, oh, and then you bam right in the face again. That was my mom. Apparently, she hadn't read this passage. But, but, but here's what we know. If somebody actually really wanted to hurt you, they're not going to slap you. So what Jesus is saying here, he's not talking about somebody who's literally abusing you. And that's important for some of you, too many of you in this room have been abused. In fact, my wife and I heard again just a horrific story of abuse. And if you're in it right now, then you need to stand for what's right. See, when, when Jesus is talking about slapping the cheek, it's an insult is what he's talking about. <laughs> it's an insult. And what somehow what Jesus was amazing about him is you have to look at how he lived, how he taught and fought for what was right. He always did. He taught and he fought for what was right. And this is what's crazy, but he never fought for himself. <laughs> he wasn't concerned about his ego, ever. Read the scriptures, he's amazing. He was so secure in his love and that he knew who he was and how loved he was. His identity was so secure that when everybody came against him, he just entrusted himself to he who judges justly. And then he said, and he did that as an example for us. So what in the world then is he saying in this passage? Here's what he's saying. Jesus is teaching us about mercy because mercy can change the world. At the end of his teaching right here, here's what he says. He says, God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So when someone comes after you like this, demands things from you, takes things from you, insults you, curses you, hates you, Jesus says, the way that you handle that, even when you stand for what's right, is you do it with mercy. So let me define mercy for you. Here's what mercy is. Mercy is deep compassion moved to action for those who are suffering. That's the definition of mercy. It's deep compassion moved to action for those who are suffering. So initially, in the definition of this word, it, became, it, was, it was the emotion. You actually have a deep feeling in your being. You feel sorrow, actually. When you have mercy and you see somebody who's suffering, you actually have sorrow inside you. It's sympathy and it's a concern. You actually feel the distress because you see somebody else in distress. But then it came not to just feeling something about it, but then you're moved, because you feel it, you're actually moved to action. And this is the compassion that you feel 
results in a compassionate response. Did you notice that what Jesus said? He didn't just say to feel something. What did he say? <laughs> Love. That's not, that's not feeling, man, by the way. You know, I, I talk to people all the time and they think they got to feel the love of God all the time. I don't, anybody, I don't feel it. Love is an action. Do good, right? That's an action. Bless is an action. Pray is an action. But now look at this. Here's, what's, here's what hit me this week as I was studying this. And this is fascinating to me. When someone hates me and someone curses me, and someone accuses me falsely. Someone takes stuff from me. I'm actually supposed to be moved and feel sorry to the point where I act on their behalf. Why? Because they're suffering. They're suffering. Another word for suffering in the definitions as I looked it up was misery. When you see someone who's in misery, you're supposed to feel compassion for them and help them. And someone who hates you and is cursing you and is mistreating you is miserable. They are a miserable person. They're hurting, they're suffering. And what Jesus is saying is the way you can change the world is that when somebody is hurting that badly that they are now hurting you, rise up compassion and do something. Love them, do good, bless them, and pray for them. And I want to tell you, man, that's crazy. Now, how many of you have somebody who you know don't like you and is hating you? Can I just be honest with you? This is really hard. This is really hard. I don't even know if it's humanly possible. I think it's super hard because it's actually divine. But can we just agree? Let's just agree at this first point. What Jesus is saying is if this world has any chance, if our government has any chance of coming together instead of being divided, Somebody like a flower has got to come up and actually love the other side and bless the other side and pray for the other side and do something good for the other side. Amen? Amen. And if your world is going to change, what in the world, God? He's like, this is just how it works. You got to do that. Now, Let's go to the second thing. Then why? Why in the world would we do this? And Jesus says, because your reward will be great. If you do this, your reward will be great. He goes on in verse 32. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Okay? And again, when, when, when Jesus is using the word sinner, a sinner is someone who's just separated from God. It's somebody who doesn't necessarily follow God. They just they do their own thing. He goes, people who don't have God at all in their life, they love people who are like them. And then he goes, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies and do good to them. 
and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then your reward will be great. Now, I can want to tell you guys, see, we, we, and this isn't that hard to understand, actually, because we live in a world where people only love those who love them. And people are only good to those who are good to them. Like, if you're in my camp, and you think like I do, then we're good. And that's, that's human. It's not divine. And there's no reward in that. We're, we're all seeing what that produces. So what's the reward? And it's interesting because he, he doesn't actually say. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't go, okay, and here's the reward. So uh, let's think about this for a second. Here's, the, here's one thing I think is a reward, and I know it is because of my own personal life. There is, if, if you will actually show mercy and have deep compassion move to action because you see the person who's hurting you as someone who's miserable and suffering. I know then, there's the, here's number one, there's the potential for something different. <laughs> There's finally the potential for something different if we will actually do that. And that's a great reward. I've shared this story one time here, but I'm just gonna share it again because most of you probably weren't here. But years ago, long time ago, I, I received a letter in the mail, two pages long, of, of someone who just, just ripped me to shreds <laughs> as the pastor here. I, I mean, they, they, I, they showed me everything I had ever done wrong and just... And then, you know, it was just, and, and the funny thing was, I didn't even know. I actually thought I was good with these guys. <laughs> and this letter just, it was, it, was, it was like a curse in a sense. I mean, it was like just knocking me down. And I mean, I was so hurt and I was devastated. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I know I'm human. I didn't know I was horrible. <laughs> and so I called my pastor, my, who, my mentor back in Detroit, Steve, and I just said, Steve, I just got this letter. And I just read it to him. And he just, my, I love, this is why I love him so much. By the way, I call Steve the healthiest person I know. Here's why. Because his response to me was, Dave, this is where people don't get it. He said, just bless them. <laughs> what? Just bless them. He goes, nobody gets this. Just do it. Just bless them. So I did. <laughs> And I sat down and I wrote him a two-page letter back and I thought of every good thing I've ever seen in them and I thanked them for their amazing service and I just blessed them. Three weeks later, we ended up being at the same event. And I'll never forget, I'm just like walking around and they came around the corner and then boom, we were face to face right there. And you know what happened? She wept. She just cried and she grabbed me and she embraced me. They were hurt. They were suffering. And somehow, mercy changes the world. Because <laughs> it would have been so easy to go, wait a second, let me show you what I've done. Let me tear you with it. Let me defend myself and let me show you. All. I could have done that, and all that would have done is what? thrown gas on the fire, and, we, and I would have come around the corner, she would have come around the corner, and it would have been super awkward. And I'm telling you, I am so grateful that I learned that mercy changes the world. And tears came down, embraces happened, and we've been good ever since. I've experienced this. I, I, the other thing I want to share with you is when you're in a contentious situation, and I've been in these and I asked God, I'll never forget, God, what do you want me to do? 
what do you want me to do? And years ago, I read, I was doing my time in the book of James in the New Testament. And I'll go, God, what do you want me to do in this? And he'll go, James 3. And I'm like, no, no, what do I do? And he's like, James 3. So I go and I look it back up. And here's what James 3 says. It says, when you have envy and selfish ambition, he goes, that wisdom doesn't come from heaven. It's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. By the way, this is a great passage as a parent with your kids who are being selfish. Okay, okay, just kidding. Be careful. Just kidding. Did you hear that? When you're all about yourself and you're going in, because really, when you're cursing somebody or hurting somebody, or you, you, there's, there's no love going. You are, it's all about you. He said, when that's happening, it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic because where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven. I didn't put this up here, guys. Write this passage down. James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Write it down. Memorize it. Get the word of God. Jesus says you live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm telling you, in this hard-hearted world, you need this. Listen to this. The wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, which means I'm actually considering you. See, that's what Jesus is saying in this passage. He goes, when somebody comes at you and they hate you and they're cursing you and they, they mistreat you, who are you thinking about? Who are you thinking about? Yourself. Like, put on my wall. And here's Jesus is going, okay, great. No, the wisdom from heaven is actually considerate. Consider the suffering and the misery of that other person. Be submissive. What? <laughs> Full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial. The wisdom from heaven is impartial. What does that mean? That means when this type of hardship and enemy and opposition is happening, somehow, and I'm telling you, this is so not human, somehow, the wisdom from heaven says, I'm not just thinking about me. I'm not partial to me. I'm thinking about you as much as I am thinking about me. That's crazy. But the wisdom from heaven is impartial and it's sincere. And then listen, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. There's the reward. You know what righteousness means? It means when things are as they ought to be. And when someone's hateful and miserable and causing suffering and hard-hearted, that is not the way it's supposed to be. And you know this. If you try to overcome evil by just doing the thing right back to them, what does that do? It just makes it worse. The scriptures are so clear. You overcome evil evil with good. And there's a harvest of righteousness for those of us who will take Jesus' teaching and there's reward in that. Now, 
Here's another reward is you too don't fall into the trap of bitterness in a hard heart. That's the other thing that's beautiful about this. Instead of you becoming just like them, if you can do what Jesus is saying, you actually stay free. Doesn't that feel better? And you've all been there where, no, it's like you are just riled up and so angry now. It's, it's horrible. So that's the other reward. You're actually free. And then, the, and then you're being like God. He, he actually says, God is, un, he is he's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So be merciful just as he is merciful. So when you do this, you're actually being like God. And God makes good stuff happen. And you live by his spirit, not the human spirit. And there's blessing from God. This is a messed up world, and we are all in it. So what in the world do we do? You remember, mercy changes the world. And you have great compassion. Move to action for those who are suffering. Why? Because there will be great reward if you do it. So let's close with this. How? <laughs> How in the world do I do this? And Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, he ends with this, in this passage, and he says, if you do this, right after he says your reward will be great, he says, and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. So be merciful just as your father is merciful. How in the world could you be the flower in the concrete? You got to become a child of God. You got to become a child of God. Now, I hope that some of you are here today and you're not, maybe you're not a follower of Christ and you were invited by a friend and you're here and some of you are going, I've ran into children of God before. <laughs> I don't think that actually is the answer. <laughs> Gandhi's classic thing, I love your Jesus, it's your followers. I just don't, okay? Well, let's just, let's not look at messed up people. Let's look at what it actually means to be a child of God. So God is merciful. And when someone is ungrateful or wicked to God, even when someone is God's enemy, somehow he sees that person as somebody who's suffering and who's miserable. And so he's moved with sorrow for them. And it moves him to action. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, it says this, For if while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Okay, so let me just share something again for, for all of you guys who are Christians. This is so important. <laughs> because if we're ever going to actually bring glory to God and bring the kingdom of God to earth, we have to know how to be flowers in the concrete. <laughs> We've got to know how, how, God, how do I love my enemy? How do I do good to those who hate me? How do I bless and honor and lift up those who are cutting me down? And God says, well, listen, all of you, okay, and, and if you're not a Christian, here's the truth. 
All of you followed your own flesh and you followed the ways of the world and you followed my enemy. All of you were living in ways that were against me. You had no desire to follow me. You were doing stuff that was hurting people all around you. You were absolutely the epitome of selfish ambition. The only person you thought about was yourself. And that's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It's actually what's screwing up the whole world. And every human being does that. Some a little less than others, but we all do. And God has mercy, and it moved him to action. And what was his action? I'm gonna, I love you so much that I'm going to send my son. And I'm going to die for you. The death of his son, the scripture said. Because when Jesus died... He took, God is just. So that's the other thing. Again, so God is never going to say, well, just let the world go to hell in a handbasket and love everybody. No. He stands for justice. And that's why if you are a sinner to a just God, your sin actually has to be punished. And so that's why he sent his son, because he was moved deeply. And he goes, these people can't stop sinning. (laughs) They won't follow me. Their hearts are far from me. I love them. They're stuck. They're in, as the Bible says, a dominion, a power of darkness. They're actually slaves, he says, to sin. And when you're a slave, you have to do whatever your master says. So he was moved with compassion and he moved in action and he sent Jesus and Jesus came down. And he said, then I, Father, will take on their punishment. Punish me so you never have to punish them. That is the greatest news in all the world. And a Christian is somebody who just realized I was an enemy of God. And I, and I can just tell you, if you, you, you become a child of God and it, it's, it's different, it's, it's this realization. Can I just say this? You never actually become a child of God until you realize you're an enemy of God. Because as long as you think, but I'm a, I'm a decent person. <laughs> Okay, and you've never been unjust and hurt anybody? <laughs> you've never been hateful and thought about yourself and messed up some relationship? Oh, okay, well, yeah. Okay, then you're an enemy of God. It's not right. Now, here's what he says. If he actually reconciled you when you were his enemy because of his mercy, he goes, how much more shall you be saved through his life? What's he saying? So when you're forgiven from God and reconciled back to him, this is the greatest thing. You were made to walk with this merciful God. You were made to be with him and you get back with him. But then he says, how much more once you're reconciled to me will you be saved through his life? And what's that mean? It means you become a child of God. And here's what Jesus said. You become a child of God by being born of his spirit. So so I can just tell you, so religious people who go, I'm a Christian, but I judge people for what they do and I condemn them and I have no mercy and I hold grudges and I'm bitter and I'm angry. Jesus is like, just read the Bible. He's like, you you might need to check your heart. Because if I'm in there, if I remember right, you were doing tons of stuff against me, (laughs) and I forgave you of everything. I showed you amazing mercy. 
And now I'm in you. Now, if I'm in you, then all that I did for you, the very life of Christ who loved you and gave himself up for you is now living inside of you. Guys, that's, and so you're saved by his life because your spirit is now filled with the spirit of God. Can I just ask you, is your spirit filled with the spirit of God? And if it is, whew, by his grace and help, you love your enemy because he loved you when you were his enemy. And you do good to those who hate you because Jesus is inside you and he's compassionate towards that person. He, need, he sees their misery and he can give you the same eyes to see it too. And that's the only way I know. And this is what Jesus says. The only hope we have in this world to be a flower that comes out of the rock is to have the one who is the flower who came out of the rock, who lived in the midst of darkness and sin and who was abused and accused so ridiculously and mistreated and nailed to the cross. And the whole time he's up there going, forgive them, Father. What? And he lives in if I'm a child of God. And if you're a child of God, you have everything you need because you know you're loved. And that person can abuse you, but you know you're loved. And you have an identity in Christ. And that's the strength to be able to do this. And that's how God does it. So what do we do, you guys? couple things. You got to devote yourself to doing what is good. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So how do we do it? The first thing I just want to say, I'm just going to say this, like if you, if you know that you don't have the spirit of God in you, if you literally are walking this planet and you're trying and you can't do it, the first thing you need to understand is God is compassionate towards you. If you have lived against him, if you feel like you've done too much for God to ever forgive you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. He is a God of mercy and he's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So the first thing that needs to happen, if we have any hope of being different out there when we walk out of here, is you need the power of Jesus Christ in you. You need to receive his mercy and receive his forgiveness and know that he will never condemn you, never judge you again because he put his judgment on Christ and you can be free and clear. And if you've never done that in a moment, I'm just gonna pray and give you a chance to do that. To say, God, I confess to you I'm a selfish person. I am part of the hard-heartedness of this world. I am concrete right now. And my life is falling apart around me and I'm hurting people around me and I don't want to do it anymore. I need you and me. And he would just do love nothing more than to embrace you, forgive you, and pour his spirit inside now, what about all the rest of us 
who are Christians, you are, but right now, you do not love your enemy. You haven't done one good thing to that person who hates you. The person who curses you, your wall is up. You've ran away. You're totally avoiding them. And you're, or you're doing the exact same thing back to them. What do you need to do? Okay, number one, you need to remember. Just, this is why we gather together every week. We need to remember the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. We need to remember that no matter what we've done, he has forgiven us for everything. And we need, that's why we take communion every month because we need to remember that Jesus forgives us. We need to remember the mercy. We need to remember how far we were away from God and he loved us and gave mercy to us. And you gotta remember that. And you gotta embed that in. You need to remember. Here's the other thing you gotta remember. You gotta remember, Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in me. And he doesn't hate my enemy. <laughs> And he wants to do good to them. And he wants to bless them. He wants us. He wants to reward us. He wants to do something supernatural in us. So you've got to remember this. Jesus, you live in me. That's a Christian. Now, if you're religious and just trying to be a good person, you got to, well, then you need to be saved too. I'll be totally honest with you. Quit trying to do this on your own because you can't. <laughs> but Jesus in you does and he can. So then... All of you, all of us probably in this room, you just need to confess to God, God, I hate my enemy. Say it. Don't try to be like, oh God, I'm, you know, I'm trying. No, just say it. I don't want to bless them. I don't want anything to do with them. Confess the curse that you've put back on them. Confess the fact you don't do anything good and just confess your sin because that's sin. Confess your sin. And then he will forgive you and he will cleanse you and you'll get back in step with the spirit and he will empower you. And here's the last thing you gotta do. You actually have to do it. You actually have to do something good to the person who hates you. Can't I just go to church? Can't I just like learn about it and memorize it? No, because you'll never know it until you step out in faith and do it. So I'm just going to give you a moment right now to think about that person. Go ahead and I think you might even need to close your eyes for a moment. And then, band, come on up. Just close your eyes for a moment. And I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask a prayer to God on your behalf. And I'm just going to ask you to listen very closely to the first thought that comes to your mind because God's spirit actually gives us his thoughts. So let's see if God will give you a thought. God, what do you want me to do to the one who hates me? God, how do you want me to love my enemy, the one who's hostile against me? 
And God, do you want me? How do you want me to bless and lift up and honor the one who's cursed me? So Jesus, I just want to ask on behalf of everybody who's here, including myself, we confess to you that this is not us. There's nothing in our human flesh that will do this. But we also are going to confess right now that we believe this is who you are. And you are the way and the truth and the life. And we believe Jesus that you can actually give us the grace and the mercy to help us. God, I want to ask, would you, on behalf of all of us who you've spoken to today, will you give us the grace and the mercy to help us? Will you strengthen us with power through the Holy Spirit in our inner being so that Jesus Christ will dwell, will live in us and through us, causing us to be a flower in the midst of the concrete. We can't do it without you, God. But as Frank said earlier, with you, all things are possible. And I just pray that you'd help us do that in Jesus' name, amen. So we have 15 minutes. Don't you dare leave, because here's what you need to do. We're going to worship. And why do we worship? Because in this moment, God gave us this gift to deeply, deeply think, to express things, to say what we believe about God. And when you do that, when you praise him and you say these things and you go, God, you are worthy. (laughs) You are holy. There's no one else like you. There's nobody else who had deep compassion for me when I was a mess. There's no one else who moved to action to die for me. You are holy and I praise you and I thank you. Remember, remember, remember the amazing grace of God. And then you get to this place where you say, and then fill me, God, fill me and lead me to to love those around me. Lead me with your mercy. Give me your mercy. Give me your eyes. Give me your heart. Give me that deep compassion so that I can move to action. God, I need you to do it. But I want to help change the world. Anybody else want to help change the world? If you and I live in mercy, you will change the world. Let's stand up and let's worship the only one who can help us do it.